You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome into the program. It is Sportsnet Today, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Another off day for the Calgary Flames. They're back in action Thursday night in Buffalo. Gets to take on the Sabres, who picked up their first win of the season Tuesday night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Which are the latest from Flames practice coming up in just moments. Again, doing all this for our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, where they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems, they're all things basementy. Visit them at dlbasementsystems.com. A couple Wednesday regulars coming your way on the program today. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru. You're going to join us later this hour. Get your questions in on the text line, 960-960. Ask Andy's coming up in just a little bit. You need start-sit suggestions, waiver wire, trade deadline, anything that you need to know for your fantasy football squad. Start sending those questions in at 960-960. We'll take a look across the NHL with our pal Ailish Forfar from uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan. In Toronto, we'll see what Connor Bedard mania was like in TO a couple of days ago. And a stamps report with Matty Rose coming up out of the massive game for the Calgary Stampeders Friday night in BC against the Lions. Alongside my outstanding producers Cam and Taylor this afternoon. Start things off with the Calgary Flames where there isn't much to report. Two games into this road trip, still looking for their first victory. I mentioned the team in Buffalo at practice this morning. Here's what we can tell you, courtesy of our pal Eric Francis, who's on the ground in Buffalo. Did you get any lines or deep pairings from practice? So far, at least. But we did hear that uh, Dennis Gilbert took a puck high up in the face. Quickly exiting practice, he had a towel covering his face. Got some repairs, did come back. Not sure about his status. Of course, he's a Buffalo native. So he was hoping to definitely get into action tomorrow in front of friends and family. Sounds like he's going to be okay, but a scary moment, no doubt. Hopefully, Dennis Gilbert is doing all right. And per Eric Francis, expect Dan Vladar to start in net for the Flames in Buffalo tomorrow. He was in the starters net for all of practice. So Flames and Sabres coming up Thursday. They're into Columbus to take on Johnny Gaudreau and the Blue Jackets on Friday. So at least what it showed at practice today, it looks like it'll be Dan Vladar on Thursday and possibly Jacob Markstrom on Friday when it comes to the back half of that doubleheader for the Calgary Flames. So one more off day, and then game three and four of this road trip will be right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Both of those 5 o'clock starts which means Pat Steinberg's got your Flames pregame at 4 o'clock 
right here on your home of the Flames Sportsnet 960. The fan, of course, Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson on the call as well. So the Flames are off. We're still waiting to get back into game action here. But across the NHL, of course, games of plenty last night. Lots of storylines. Pierre-Luc Dubois was back in Winnipeg. He made quite the impression. The Edmonton Oilers, after back-to-back losses to the Nashville Predators, or to the Vancouver Canucks, excuse me, throttled the Predators last night. 6-1, your final score. The Hurricanes with no trouble taking down the Sharks, 6-3. But it was the first game of the night that gave us perhaps the most intrigue and the topic that I wanted to bring up early on in this season. Canucks fall 2-0 to the Philadelphia Flyers. Carter Hart picks up the win. It was a fairly uninspired effort by the Vancouver Canucks, who, by the way, are just 2-1 and one on the season, including those two big victories over division rival the Edmonton Oilers earlier this week. But head coach Rick Tockett, not happy post-game with his club and took a very early season approach at trying to get his team Back on track. Let's hear some of what Rick talking had to say post game following the Canucks' loss to the Flyers last night. I I can't even pick one guy who played well other than Demko was unreal. He was the he was uh, he was great tonight, and the rest of the guys weren't. You obviously didn't like a moment in practice yesterday. Yeah. Do you think the preparation or whatever went on between? These two games manifested itself in how the team played. Tonight. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we had. I didn't think we had a good practice before the eight-one game against Edmonton. So, I don't know with that. I, I mean, we just got some guys. They, you know, whew, they got. They, they better pick it up. I mean, I mean, I saw a lot of. You know, I don't like to use words soft, but I, I didn't see guys competing at all, um, and that's alarming. But saying that, you know, you win two games. We, you know, we said we didn't. Let's not get too high. It's the same thing, you know, obviously it's a bad effort. Let's not get too low, but we got to, obviously, we got to go to the drawing board with some guys here. They got to pick it up. Boy, like, uh, can't throw goose eggs again. Some guys- That's just part of Rick Tockett, Canucks head coach, speaking to the media last night in Philly, and it caught the eyes, of a, a lot, eyes and ears of a lot of people last night. That is a very negative coach after a team picked up their first loss of the season. And he mentioned, you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. But I'm curious, is it too early in the season for any coach to take that kind of run at his team? That nobody played well except for the goaltender. We got to get back to the drawing board for some of these guys. I said it before. I'll say it again. They're three games into the season. Two of them have been pretty good wins against the Edmonton Oilers who many have as playoff contenders, certainly division contenders, where Vancouver happens to play in the Pacific as well. And I'm I'm just curious if if it's a bit early for Rick Tockett to get on some of his guys that harshly in Vancouver early on. And look, maybe you're of the opinion that if your coach is, is honest and forthcoming with his guys, then it doesn't matter what time of the season he brings out the criticism, but man, a lot of people, it's not like Vancouver's 0-3. They've put out three dismal performances. They stunned the NHL, 
with their first effort against Edmonton. You'll remember it because it was an 8-1 blowout that everyone was talking about. They then had to walk into Edmonton against a pretty pissed-off Oilers squad and picked up another key two points there. I get the Flyers aren't, aren't world beaters. They're in the middle of a tough rebuild themselves. And yeah, you lost 2 nothing to a, a pretty mediocre squad. But Rick Tockett was talking about back to the drawing board. We got to reset with some of these guys. Three games in and you're, you're resetting when you've won two or three? I thought it was a really interesting approach from Rick Tockett, who has been around. He's been a player. He's been a coach a long time in the NHL. I wonder if it's not a bit early in the season to be playing that card if you're Rick Tockett. Maybe it pushes the right buttons for the Canucks. I was just, with a lot of people, a bit surprised last night that after their first loss of the season to the Philadelphia Flyers, Rick Tockett was that critical of his team in a 2-0 loss. He wasn't the only coach, though, last night that had something to say about his group. The Montreal Canadiens welcomed in Marc-Andre Fleury and the Minnesota Wild. A fantastic moment post-game as Marc-Andre Fleury came out for a curtain call. Got a great standing ovation from the crowd in Montreal post-game in what might be his final start in the NHL in Montreal. That was great. A 5-2 win for the Minnesota Wild over the Habs. But from a Habs perspective, another tough loss and one that's been filled with a lot of penalties early on this season for the Habs. And Martin St. Louis asked about benching players at certain times for taking certain penalties, essentially saying to the media last night, well, can't bench everyone. Here's the Habs head coach after they fell to the Minnesota Wild. Marty, I don't want to isolate on one specific penalty, but just as an example here, Slavkovsky ends up taking a second offensive zone penalty in the second period when you guys are had just come back to 3-1 and gotten into the game. It's a few minutes later, and is there a temptation, despite the fact that he's such a young player, to kind of park him on the bench, send a message, or the fact that you ended up on the power play right after that, trying to get a goal back? Yeah, I mean, it's a balance early in the year. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a penalty that you know we definitely don't need at that time. But you know, I feel like we're taking so many penalties. I feel like I'm benching everyone right now. <laughs> so you know, I think Slav's a young player is going to learn from that. Uh, I think he's just trying to disrupt. But a strong kid, stick goes flying. I mean, I've done I've, I've done that play. You know, sometimes they. Call it. Sometimes they don't. It seems like in today's game, if you, you play, you make a play on any on somebody's stick, whether it breaks or flies out of his hand, it's it's a penalty. But we just got to be aware of that. The media got a bit of a chuckle out of that, but Martin Saint Louis was not laughing during that press conference where he said, "I really can't bench everybody." Not a great start for the Montreal Canadiens. They got the news yesterday that Kirby Dock is going to miss the remainder of the season. He sustained a torn ACL and MCL in the Habs' lone victory this season, which came against the Blackhawks on Saturday. 22-year-old forward sustained the injury in the first period of a 3-2 win when Jared Tenorti hit him into Chicago's bench. He was, of course, a 
third overall pick by the Blackhawks in the 2019 draft, traded to the Habs in the tw- on the 2022 draft day, had a career high 38 points in 58 games last season, and had two assists in the Habs season opening shootout loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Alex Newhook was skating in Doc's place in center uh, on the second line between Josh Anderson and Uri Slavkovsky in last night's game. But certainly a uh, massive disappointment for Montreal and a big piece of their team out for a while. That wasn't the only injury news that we got. Preds in their latest uh, defensive acquisition. Go back to the offseason. Luke Shen. He's out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Hadn't played since Nashville's season-opening loss to the Lightning on October 10th. Had uh, four hits and one blocked shot before he left the game. He signed a three-year, $8.25 million contract in the offseason with Nashville. So the injuries piling up there as well. And uh, one more injury situation to pass your way as well. This one uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Gabe Velarde announced today out four to six weeks for the Habs. Or excuse me, for the Jets. He's dealing with a sprained MCL. That per head coach Rick Bonus. He left uh, Tuesday's game against the Kings in the first period with a lower body injury. He was hit by Kings forward Blake Lazat. Went down an awkward angle. Looked like his right leg sort of folded underneath him. Was able to skate off, but of course... Uh, now going to be out for a significant amount of time for the Jets. He's 24 years old. That was his first game against his former team. Of course, he was part of the return in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade between the Jets and the Kings this offseason. He was an 11th overall pick by the Kings back in 2017. But we do have good injury news as we look at tonight's NHL schedule. It's a light one, just two games on the NHL calendar tonight. One on Sportsnet. The Ottawa Senators are in action, and they'll get a big piece of their lineup back. They're taking on the Washington Capitals, who, of course, beat the Flames in a shootout the other night. They will have Josh Norris back. He's going to make his season debut. First game since January 21st for the 24-year-old center. He missed all of preseason after uh, tweaking something in his shoulder before training camp. He's missed 90 games. 90 games the past two seasons missed because of a shoulder injury. He had that shoulder surgery back in January. DJ Smith said he's going to be at 100%. He'll take faceoffs. Won't have any physical limitations. He was centering the third line with Dominique Kubalik and Drake Batherson. Captain Brady Kachuk says having Josh Norris back changes everything for the Sens. So one piece of good injury news on what's been a a pretty disappointing day of injury news across the NHL with Velarde and others. Again, Calgary Flames not in action today. They were just practicing in Buffalo. Don't have any lines or pairings to share your way. It does sound like Dan Vladar is set to get the start in goal. That per our colleague Eric Francis. Of course, Dennis Gilbert uh, was the news of the day. He took a puck high uh, off the face earlier in practice, left for a while, got repairs, and did return. He's hopeful to be in the lineup tomorrow for a game against his hometown Buffalo Sabres. It's a 5 o'clock start here on Sportsnet 960. The fan will chat more NFL coming up in a little bit with Andy McNamara, fantasy football guru. 
You can get your questions in at 960-960. But an interesting and good piece of news for anyone cheering for Canadian Nathan Rourke. He has been elevated to the Jacksonville Jaguars active roster. The team announced that this afternoon that he had been elevated from the practice squad to the active roster this coming after Trevor Lawrence suffered a left knee injury in the club's win over Indy on Sunday. Jacksonville's 4-2. and two. They're slated to take on the Saints on Thursday night. Lawrence's status remains unclear for that game, but was optimistic about playing on a short week. So this will be first time uh, this season that Rourke will be on the active roster for the Jaguars. Again, no guarantee that he plays, but we're expecting him to be out there for Thursday's game against the Saints. Of course, he signed as a free agent back on January 6th. That's for two years with the BC Lions. Had a tremendous preseason. Placed on waivers after not making the team. Later joined the Jags practice squad. The CFL's top Canadian in 2022. With over 3,300 yards passing and 25 touchdowns in 10 CFL regular season starts that year. So good for Nathan Rourke. Cheering for him. Again, don't know that it means he sees any playing time. He's still clearly the third quarterback on that depth chart in Jacksonville, but fingers crossed, sure would be great if he was able to uh, to see the field after a great preseason. Do have some Toronto Blue Jays news to pass your way as well on this Wednesday. Five Toronto Blue Jays have been named Gold Glove Award finalists. That includes Dalton Varsho, Kevin Kiermeyer, Jose Barrios, Alejandro Kirk, and Matt Chapman. Winners will be named on November 5th. Kiermeyer and Chapman, three-time Gold Glove winners. Well, the others are looking to capture the award for the first time. Kiermeyer up against Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners and Luis Robert Jr. of the White Sox. Austin Hayes of the Orioles and Stephen Kwan of the Guardians are the other left field candidates. Uh, full list of award nominees. You can head to sportsnet.ca if you want to see who uh, all the Jays are up against. And we do have baseball on your television tonight. Playoffs continuing between the Astros and the Rangers. Texas leads the series two games to none. And they're passing the ball to Max Scherzer tonight. Christian Javier going for the uh, Astros. It's another 6.07 first pitch. You can watch all the action on Sportsnet 1 as Texas looks to take a commanding 3-0 series lead. Both of the conference series right now looking like they could be blowouts uh, depending on how tonight's goes. Phillies, of course, lead the A's, or lead the Diamondbacks two games to none in the NLCS. So ALCS tonight, Thursday, we'll see a doubleheader with a 307 first pitch between the Phillies and the Diamondbacks and another 607 between Houston and Texas. Keep getting your questions in. 960-960 coming up. Another edition of Ask Andy, our fantasy football guru, is going to help you out with any questions you have out of week seven in the NFL kicking off tomorrow night. We have a stamps report coming up with Matty Rose a little bit later on. Congratulations to Jake Mayer, who is back at practice for the Stampeders. He is a new dad. Mom and baby apparently doing very well, and Jake back on the practice field getting set to help his team pick up uh, hopefully another big win on Friday night against the BC Lions. We'll check in on the latest with the stamps with Maddie coming up a little bit later on, and we'll uh, continue looking across the NHL with our pal Alish Forfar. All of that and more as Sportsnet Today rolls on. It's a Wednesday edition 
You're in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. We're back next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. NFL Week 7 kicks off on Thursday night in New Orleans. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars getting set to take on the New Orleans Saints. Primetime games this week feature the Eagles and Dolphins on Sunday night football. While the 49ers are in Minnesota to take on the lowly 2-4 Vikings for Monday night football. It's a Wednesday edition of the program, which means it's time to go down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Welcoming our fantasy football guru here on the program. Always great to chat with our next guest, Andy McNamara, AMC. How are you, man? Logan, doing good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good, pal. Uh, quick reminder, anybody listening live, Ask Andy's coming up in just moments. If you've got fantasy football questions, he's got the answers for you. Text us at 960-960. Do you need start sit suggestions, trade options, uh, waiver wire suggestions, anything we can do to help you out? Uh, for your fantasy football week, shoot us a text, 960-960. Andy, we got a lot to dive into, man. Before we get to some fantasy football perspectives, how do you feel about the Jags and the Saints on Thursday night? Uh, you know what? It's not exciting, uh, really, at all. It's kind of back to that last year where there was all those duds of Thursday night games. But it is a... I am a tag, a tad more intrigued this year with the Jaguars and where that division's at, what four and two actually means for them. The Saints, I think, you know, at Derek, like they're going to be what? Well, eight and nine type yeah. of like, okay, they're, they're going nowhere. But the Jags are interesting. Etienne can pop Ridley. We've seen Christian Kirk, Trevor Lawrence, that continued progression. So on the road, prime time, I'd like to get a little closer look at them and see where really do they fit when it comes to the, the AFC pitcher. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. And Trevor Lawrence, questionable for this game on Thursday. They did bring up Canadian Nathan Rourke from the practice squad this week. So always good to be cautious if you're an NFL team, but never a good sign uh, for your starting quarterback on a short week when we see someone up from the practice squad, AMC. Yeah, yeah, Nathan Rourke. Uh, you know what, C.J. Beathard as the main backup, well, obviously you want uh, Trevor Lawrence in there, duh. Uh, but C.J. Beathard... Over the years, in spot duty, and I'm thinking specifically of when he was with the San Francisco 49ers, did a nice job. Like, he's actually not that bad. And I think the way the Saints are, you can still, if you, you know, if you're smart on your play call, if Travis Etienne can get kicking, um, you can win that game if it's C.J. Beathard. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to follow, too. Uh, before we get to ask Andy, of course, you can send your text in at 960-960. we got some interesting news on this Wednesday to dive into AMC, uh, the Cardinals have opened up their 21-day practice window for Kyler Murray. If you hmm. need help at the quarterback position, are you looking to add this guy if he's still available out there? You might as well. Um, I think this is probably a lost year for Kyler Murray, but uh, depending, especially two QB leagues, if people forgot about him or dropped him, 100%. And otherwise... Yeah, like if you got that spot on your bench where you have someone you're not using and you can afford to um, have a backup quarterback on it, you might as well. You never know when injuries come up. And, and if he comes back and pops a little bit, then heck, you might find yourself in a position where you could trade him. You could, you know, so wouldn't be the worst idea. Adam Schefter with the interesting report just a few moments ago 
Kansas City always seems to be looking for that next receiver ever since they traded away Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. They're bringing back a familiar face. Nicole Hardman Jr. is now heading back to KC. Obviously spent some time there, was an acquisition by the Jets. Any interest there, Andy, when it comes to picking up the now twice uh, over, twice uh, twice Chiefs receiver now as he's back with KC? At this point, speculative ad. Again, if, if you have a spot on the bench, sure. But we've just seen, we've just seen, if you're not named Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, you're just a guy in fantasy on that team. You just are. Sky Moore, nothing. You know, Kadarius Tony, nothing. Nope. Uh, Rashi Rice, who I like long-term, and I think he could develop into a Tyreek Hill-esque type of weapon. Um, but he, you can't play him right now. So, McCall, if anything, it just muddies things a little bit more. And it's like, okay, you know, MVS on that team was coming. Was he going to be a difference maker? No, not for fantasy. No, it's not. It's just not there. Uh, Andy, we learned the fate of Anthony Richardson this week, too. Mm -hmm. It's disappointing news for the Colts rookie quarterback, but probably the right decision when you look at his long-term future to have that shoulder surgery. Uh, Gardner Minshew comes in. What do you like about Gardner Minshew or do you like Gardner Minshew, I should say? And how does this affect some of those weapons on the Colts going forward? Well, I'll tell you, Gardner Minshew and my Browns are playing him this week. Um, he can beat you. He can. He, he, you know, I know we, we talk, he's got the George, the bandana, got the, you know, <laughs> uh, Fu Manchu. He's, he's a wild man, right? Yeah. Think, think about it this way. This guy's got nothing to lose, never really has when it comes to his NFL career. He's coming in, and he, he's you know going to do what he does. You can beat him. But he can beat you if you don't pressure Gardner Minshew. You need to get – he's kind of a poor man's Baker Mayfield um, in the sense that if you give him a clean pocket and time to process, he'll beat you. If you rush him and ruffle him up a bit, uh, then he'll make mistakes. Look no further than the three interceptions he threw last week in the loss to Jacksonville, right? But then again, let's go back to week three where he came in on relief and beat the Ravens. So those are kind of your two your two looks here. Uh, fantasy-wise, Gardner Minshew uh, is starting right now. No, he's getting you like 12, 13 fantasy points. That's that's it. And against that Browns defense that just stomped the uh, best offense in football last yes, week. Yes, they did. I don't, want, I don't want that. I do, though, think that they are going to be going a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. So I think you could start one or both of those guys. What's that due to a guy like Michael Pittman's fantasy value in your mind? I think it does cap it. It doesn't mean you can't start him because um, we saw I, I was I was pleasantly surprised overall this year um, Pittman's fantasy results with Anthony Richardson in. And when you see with Gardner Minshew last week, I just said uh, Minshew threw three interceptions. Well, uh, Pittman still got nineteen point nine fantasy points. Yeah. Right now it's going to be a little more volatile. He had ten the week before, four and a half the week before that, but he's had a twenty three, thirteen, sixteen. So. Certainly usable, kind of in that lower range um, WR2, but certainly he's proven that, heck, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that you can, um, you can lean on. Now, against Cleveland, the guy I like this week, though, if you're looking for someone, you don't have a Michael Pittman, I'm liking a, a um, Jordan Downs uh, this okay. year, or the, this, this week. Um, and simply because the Browns secondary has been so good, and I, I should say Josh Downs, my mistake, not Jordan, um, Josh, it's been so good. Opposing coaches are calling out two, three deep. But Michael Pittman's going to be a focal point, and you're going to be focusing in on the running back. That could mean that Josh Downs gets some more looks. And 
I, he was on my waiver wire, my Tuesday show sick podcast with Andy McNamara last week. I said, get yourself some Josh Downs. And what happened? He got 13 fantasy points at 15 the week before. And when Gardner Minshew's in there, Minshew's looking his way. The target share with uh, uh, Minshew in there, six and eight over the last two weeks. And he's got a touchdown. So Josh Downs, someone to look at. Ask Andy's coming up shortly here on Sportsnet 960. The fan, shoot us your text at 960-960 if you're listening live and need some fantasy football help ahead of week seven of the NFL season, kicking off on Thursday night with the, Ch- with the Jaguars and the Saints. You can do so now. We'll get to ask Andy coming up in just a few moments. Uh, Andy, a couple of years ago, I think this might have been a massive acquisition. I don't know what it means now. How do you feel about Julio Jones signing with the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, at this point in in his career, Julio Jones is a nice to have a little bit of a luxury depth play for the Eagles. Real life-wise, I don't see it affecting A.J. Brown at all. Devonta Smith has been disappointing, though, and I wonder if maybe they'll try to sprinkle him in because he hasn't been producing as much as they'd like. Uh, I got Smith on one of my fantasy teams. I'm not too happy about it. So you know, Julio Jones will come in, but, but really at this stage in his career, what do we see all the time? You saw a Q, you saw a D behind his name all the time. Um, 34 years old. You know, he might make the odd catch, but fantasy-wise, eh, I'm not too interested. I always find it interesting. I guess their relationship with A.J. Brown probably helps him get this deal at some point, but the legs just aren't the same for Julio Jones. But a lot no. of teams like to try these old receivers. We talk about it with the Titans all the time, Andy, and it just seems to so rarely work out after a certain yeah. point. Yeah, you're right. And, and it's, again, 34 years old, and Julio Jones played at an extremely high level for yes. a decade. Yes. Like, you know, a heck of a career. Um, I'd have to do some comparison number-wise, but I wouldn't be shocked if we saw him in a Hall of Fame conversation in a few years. You know, like he had he had a great run. It's just done now. And bigger-bodied guys. So, you know, okay, so what could you do with Julio Jones if you're the Eagles? Maybe someone you could put on the outside, maybe a bit of a chain mover, maybe an end zone threat, maybe based on name recognition. They figure defenses will have to respect him for – uh, in some way, and maybe more of a distraction. But I, my guess, I bet you we see a, a stat line, something like, you know, uh, three targets, two catches for Julio Jones. Uh, this is one of the tougher weeks uh, among the NFL schedule, and he was six teams oh. on the bye. Uh, Panthers, Dude. Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. It feels like no matter how you drafted, you're going to be looking at putting someone in your lineup that you haven't been doing it. Uh, on a consistent basis. This is where the bench and the waiver wire comes in handy, mm-hmm. eh? Oh, my gosh. Six. And you, and you mentioned the teams there, Logan. Like, these are some heavy hitters we're missing, right? Yeah. Like you're, And guys you just can't replace. You can't replace Jamar Chase. Nope. You know, even um, uh, the Texans. Like, if you had C.J. Stroud, you were, you were rolling. You're not replacing him. Cowboy. You go up and down. And it's the case where, yeah, you're you're having to do some deep dives. And I've had to do it for a couple of my teams too. It's like, oh, I don't feel good about this at all. I don't, I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. Like a guy. Here, here's here's one guy that you might want to be picking up. Um, and we have to look at this. Remember, remember my my basic math formula for fantasy, Logan. Uh, opportunity equals success. Yes. Right. So in in New England. The offense is horrible, but Ezekiel Elliott, if Ramondre Stevenson is limited or doesn't go, he got his first touchdown as a Patriot last week, 
saw the uptick in work, obviously, when Stevenson went down. Um, it's going up against the Bills, so it, nothing's going to be ideal. But that little extra bit might be he had four catches the previous week. So Ezekiel Elliott could be someone under 50% rostered that uh, you could be looking at. All right, keep getting your text in at 960-960. We don't have Big Voice Guy. We're in the process of changing up some things, Andy. So Big Voice Guy's taking a rest for week seven, but he'll be back uh, in week eight. It's time for our favorite uh, part of the week. It's time for Ask Andy with our fantasy football guru, Andy McNamara. You can find him on Twitter at AndyMC81. But we're going to try to answer all your fantasy football questions right now. So if you're listening live, 960-960. You ready to go, pal? Let's do it, man. All right, Andy. Uh, Dynasty League, super flex, longer term. How do you feel about Deshaun Watson or Anthony Richardson? If we're talking longer term, I'd say Anthony Richardson into, you know, obviously next year with him him done. If you're looking for a long-term hold, um, just we saw the athleticism flash. I think we saw the arm talent at the pro level better than I expected, and that's still with a completion rate of about 56%. So there's room to go up. I just think if you're looking at long-term upside, you got to stick with Anthony Richardson. Uh, this one coming in from Brett. Bye weeks and injuries are killing me, guys. Uh, who do I start in my flex spot? Deontay Foreman, Zach Evans, or Jalen Warren? Oh, man. And, and that's a perfect example. A perfect example of, of where, where we're at um, in the fantasy world right now, right? Here's the thing. So Zach Evans... Um, was my first pick, but we have to remember now uh, with Kyron Williams going to miss now multiple weeks, they have Royce Freeman on the practice squad and they got Miles Gaskin to bring it up. This is a three-headed monster. I think it's going to be a disaster. We'll see like five carries for each of them. If you got to pick one, take Zach Evans there, but I would try to shy away. And then we had who? Jalen Warren and who's the other one? Uh, Jalen Warren and Zach Evans, Dante Foreman. Oh, and Dante Foreman. So, if if we see uh, if Roshan Johnson does not come back, I would say go with Donta Foreman. I might go if there's some question on it. I think we should lean with Jalen Warren. And as a the secondary option, he actually hasn't been too bad for the situation we're in. PPR la, three of the last four weeks he's hit double digits. For me in this case scenario, if you can tell me, and I don't care if he gets ten points, if you can get double digits, I consider that a success. So for this case versus the Rams, let's go with Jalen Warren. Uh, and you need to start two of these three, DJ Moore, Jacoby Myers, or Puka. Mm. See, I, I, the, the easy answer would, would be Puka, but that, ugh, that downgrade in points last week, that really, that really spiked. Like that went down real quick. Get, that was against Arizona. two of those, by the way. Me too. Okay. And now we're placing facing Pittsburgh. So yeah. I'm not trusting Jacoby. You know what? I'm not trusting Jacoby Myers. So let's we'll, we'll, we'll save the other two. Okay. Uh, this one from Mike. Full PPR, Puka, Kirk, or Lockett? Kirk. Definitely Kirk. Oh, Lockett had a couple nice catches last week, but overall his uh, production's been down. Uh, Christian Kirk's been a stud, man. Outside of the odd little hiccup, he's been an absolute stud. He's been producing better on average than uh, Calvin Ridley, which I think is, is quite shocking. But the guy's been... Uh, a, a absolute uh, picture of consistency. Uh, I can feel the frustration in this text. Uh, Andy, yeah. is T Higgins ever going to bounce back? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I, I, Hey, look, it's, it's not all the receivers fault, right? Yeah. Um, we're seeing he had the one big game week two and that's it. 
that's it, right? He was banged up as well. Um, he he had the uh, what was it? The rib injury, I think. Um, he had four targets, two catches. You're on the bye this week, okay? So what you have to think of is we'll get healed up. It's an extra week for Joe Burrow's calf. I wouldn't give up on him yet. The matchup after the bye is unfortunate, as is the week after in San Francisco and Buffalo. So you might have to wait till week 10 to be able to fully answer that question. Uh, Andy, what should I do with Tank Dell right now? Do I keep mm-hmm. him on my bench or drop him with a bye this week? I know, I know. I'm I'm the same way. I had Tank Dell in um, I Tank Dell in a couple, couple leagues. He had a concussion, missed last week. Boy, I, I still think there's something there. Like those two weeks where he had over 20 fantasy points were just so tantalizing and then went back. He is a rookie playing with a rookie quarterback. There was connections there. Out of the bye, you're playing Carolina. I think you hold on to him if you can. If you have to drop like, if you have to drop him to fill out your lineup, drop him. But I would try to hold on to him one more, one more week. Probably got room for a couple more questions. If you still want to get it in to ask Andy, 960-960. Our fantasy football guru is live here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, hey, Andy, flex spot, Deontay Ingram or K.J. Osborne? <clears throat> Ingram is – Ingram in Arizona is really – that's just a, a big committee. I don't, I don't hate it if you have to, but I would rather K.J. Osborne. I, I really would. And you're playing, again, it's, is it a, a tough matchup? Yep, San Francisco got embarrassed last week. They're going to be mad. They're not going to be happy. But maybe – what that means is um, that they have to try to distribute the ball quick, get it out. We've seen KJ Osborne. You can line him up inside, outside. You do have Jordan Addison uh, was held just under 10 fantasy points last two weeks. It's not great, but I think opportunity wise, he'll probably get a little bit more than, um, or, or at least I shouldn't say opportunity, but at least produce a little bit more than Keontae Ingram. Uh, James texting in bloody injury, standard league flex spot, uh, forward with your Browns, Andy, or do I go to Zach Moss? Mm, boy, we're, we're committee mode for both. We saw Kareem Hunt actually get the start for the Browns last week, but Ford did have a couple nice runs. Zach Moss, it's the big, it's the big unknown of, okay, is this going to be a timeshare with Jonathan Taylor? Is it going to just be Jonathan Taylor? If so, when does that happen? Is it this week with Gardner Minshew and you want to really lean on the run? It's tough. Um, I would say for this week, go with Jerome Ford. I think you're going to get similar production. I think we're going to have sort of low double digits from both, but Jerome Ford, I I guess I'm getting this feeling like third game back for Jonathan Taylor. Don't you think it's kind of like, okay, we're going to give this guy the rock a lot. It kind of does. It feels like now you've got him back. It's the perfect yeah. time to to run him here with uh, with your starting quarterback out. Uh, quarterback question: Any Carr or Cousins this week? I need a win. I, I usually like Kirk Cousins for fantasy. Uh, an, an angry San Francisco? No, thank you. I'll take Derek Carr in Jacksonville. Uh, another question about Puka: Is he obsolete with Cooper Cup back now? No, Tutu is obsolete right now. Um, that's the one Tutu Atwell. That's the one to drop Puka. Uh, it, you know what? It might, cont- it might never, and it probably won't get back to that same target share of 10, 11. Remember week two, he had 20 targets. Ridiculous. Yep. Uh, last week went down seven to four and you play Pittsburgh. Um, he's still got to be in there, man. Like the guy's done just so well. It would be insane to completely go away from him. If you're Sean McVay. So no, you got to keep him. 
Uh, Andy, this question uh, about some young receivers that maybe haven't popped off yet. Uh, I've invested in a couple young receivers throughout different leagues. Uh, who do you feel most confident in? Marvin Mims, Quinton Johnston in L.A., or uh, Jackson Smith in Jigba in Seattle to break out late in the season? I think Marvin Mims, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Miss Camp. Um, Long term, I think he's going to be the replacement of Ty Lockett. Maybe that comes next year. But right now, no. I like Marvin Mims. And I'm saying that with the fact that he had a uh, minus 0.6 fantasy point output against the Jets last week. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, look, (laughs) not great. (laughs) Uh, Now, what we're seeing is it's lower volume, but we're still seeing uh, two games where he had over 20 fantasy points. So, it's a bit of a, a longer term. I think if Jerry Judy gets traded, which the, those rumors don't stop, there's going to be an opportunity for Marvin Mims to do more. Uh, Andy, with so many uh, teams on by this week, can you give us a couple of streaming quarterback options? Yeah, so here, here's the, the, the tricky part for this week. The quarterback stuff, it is, it is light. Uh, I'm not going to lie, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Like, I wouldn't be playing um, uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, I, it's, you know, maybe Matthew Stafford, like Matthew Stafford is owned in 74% of the leagues, but you're playing Pittsburgh and he hasn't even hit 20 fantasy points this year. The Josh Dobbs experiment is done. He's been figured out Baker Mayfield on his non-throwing hand. He came crashing back down to earth as unfortunately I predicted he would, but they are playing Atlanta. So Baker might not be the worst idea against Atlanta this week. Um, I would avoid Daniel Jones like the plague. He's just terrible. And other than that, man, whew, like that's, that's really about it. Like PJ Walker for the Browns is going to likely start again. Um, I wouldn't be going in his direction either fantasy wise. So might be big show. And I'll say this too, Desmond Ritter. Okay. Desmond Ritter's the other one. We say Atlanta, we think terrible and we're not wrong. But look at the last two weeks, Desmond Ritter, 19 and 26 fantasy points. That's with throwing three interceptions, but he's running a bit. He's uh, scoring some touchdowns. He's putting up 300-plus yards. So Desmond Ritter, if you're looking for a little bit more of a boom or bust, that could be a decent play against Tampa Bay. Uh, Last one for you, Andy. Michael Meyer made it through waivers in my league. Uh, Do you believe the Raiders' tight end is ready to make an impact? Oh, man. Like, here's the thing. With with how the tight end group is, um, like, you, maybe. It's not, it doesn't give me any confidence in it. Chicago is beatable. He did have five catches last week. Not a bad ad. 17% rostered. Here's the guy I like. You're looking for a tight end? Like, pick, certainly pick up uh, Michael Marr, but don't be surprised if he doesn't do anything. The guy, maybe, Logan, in this bi-week hell that we find ourselves in, the Free agent waiver wire pickup I like the most is Jonu Smith with the Falcons. Okay? Jo- not Kyle Pitts. How nuts is this to say? The tight end to own in fantasy <laughs> in Atlanta is not Kyle Pitts. It's Jonu Smith. You're hurting a lot of people's feelings, Andy. I know. Look, I, I don't want it to be true either, folks. I don't, but here we are. And the reason is this. Okay? Here's what we look at. Three weeks in a row. These are undeniable. Three weeks in a row. 15 and a half, 10.7, 13.6 fantasy points. Now you might be thinking, ah, did he get two touchdowns in the game? We saw Pernum do that in, in, with the Chargers. No, those are numbers with only one touchdown. The catches, six, six, and four with a touchdown last week. So those are numbers that can be sustained that aren't relying on touchdowns. If you get them, it's a bonus. 
But I can't ignore a tight end, Logan, that for three straight weeks is hitting double-digit fantasy points that's available in 70% of Yahoo leagues. Like, I think that's the ad for this week. Uh, Andy, you're the best, pal. What's going on with the sick podcast this week? Oh, man, we got a great show. We got to actually, if you want to deep dive into defense, I had a a coach from Cleveland High School on on the show yesterday. We broke down, we had game film, tape pitchers, really broke down the defense. Very interesting if you're a football nerd. Also, other fantasy football pickups for this week on the Sick Podcast. That show was uh, yesterday up now on YouTube. And then Sunday live, 10 a.m. Eastern, me and my buddy Sho Ali, we jump on and we do uh, fantasy. Pretty much take your questions for a full hour. Uh, all fantasy football, 10 a.m. on Twitter at Sick Pod Browns. Uh, Andy, wanted to share this with you before we let you go. I had a text come in uh, earlier on the program. Just said, I want to thank Andy for taking the time to chat this morning about my fantasy football lineup coming up this week. Really cool to have my morning coffee messaging back and forth wow. with him. Uh, you're the best, pal. Always love that you're willing to help people out uh, on Twitter at AndyMC81. Make sure you use the hashtag AskAndy or check him out on the Sick Podcast. Wanted to pass that your way, pal. Well, thank you. Well, no, that, that, that's right. I love when uh, guys pop in and uh, uh, you know ask the questions. If I if I am able to, I certainly try to do my best to answer every question. So, yeah, use that hashtag and let's see what we can do with, with six teams on by. <laughs> Going to be a fun one. Good oh. luck to your Browns on Sunday, Andy. Yes. Have a great weekend, pal. We'll chat with you next week. Always appreciate it. All right, man. You too. See ya. Take care. Andy McNamara, our fantasy football guru here on Sportsnet 960, the fan, another edition of Ask Andy in the books. So like that texture. If you happen to miss out on it, or you want some more in-depth look at your fantasy lineup, Andy's so good with his time. Uh, hit him up on Twitter, at AndyMC81. He'll go through your entire roster. He'll even check out your waiver wire, see if he's got some suggestions uh, to help you out and help you perhaps pick up a win in your fantasy football league this week. Again, week seven kicks off tomorrow night. Jacksonville Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints. That puts a wrap on hour one. When we come back, we'll dive into uh, scenes around the NHL with our pal Ailish Forfar from Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto, and get you all caught up with the Stampeders, a Stamps report with Maddie Rose. All of that in hour two when Sportsnet Today returns here on Sportsnet 960, the fan.